Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Welcome to Credit Union Conversations. This is Mark Ritter. I'm the CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending. And we're here to give a deep dive into some of the topics that might just make your credit union a little bit better. And one of the things that I've always noticed with credit unions is everybody always uh, says we want better relationships. We, we want more products. We want more services. And a lot of times the structure and the planning focuses on the infrastructure. I want to make sure I have systems in place. I want to make sure I have good policies in place. We want everything ready to go. But sometimes we jump right over what I think is the most important part. And that's that sales and the meeting and talking with our members and getting into the marketplace. So I've been the CEO at MBFS and New Direction Lending about 10 years, uh, which means I'm used to to do this every day, but I wanted to get in the expert who's in the weeds every day. So joining me today is Tom Halliday of MBFS. Tom runs the sales, uh, lending sales here at MBFS. So Tom, thanks for uh, letting me uh, bug you for a few minutes today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So before we dig into, uh, you know, really today we're focused on the kind of those best practices and meeting with the members, the sales process, the negotiations process. Uh, but before we do that, tell uh, the people who, who might not know you a little bit about your background and, and how you got here to MBFS. Sure. Thanks. Uh, I have about 18 years in lending, uh, 13 years of which are in the commercial space. Um, I've spent, spent a number of years at the medium to large com- commercial bank field um, and then moved over into the credit union space. have now been here a little over five years. Um, and as Mark mentioned, I manage the 12 lenders for MBFS and I'm also a lender myself. Great. It's been a heck of a ride. Uh, we've had a lot of growth over the last few years, and uh, thanks to yourself and, and the rest of the team. One of the things that I wish I had a nickel for was every time somebody mentioned circle of influence, COIs, your sphere of influences, your circle of influences. Talk about your first days at MBFS. You show up or any of the lending places in building that circle of influence on how it works and what it needs to and how to keep it and build it. Sure, absolutely. So a circle of influence to me, um, first and foremost, what my thought is, is your current customer base, um, your, your current portfolio, or I guess my prior portfolio when I moved over. Um, th- those people are a, lo- a loyal following that you develop over the years, um, and they really work with their lender. They're not necessarily with a financial institution. They're with the people. They're with the people they work with. They're with the people they trust and respect. Getting into that trusted advi- trusted advisor role is something that takes a number of years working with a borrower to actually develop with them. 
Um, another another source and another COI I would consider when, when you're doing these loans, you're working with a number of providers. You're working with your attorneys, um, your title companies, insurance providers. Um, and if, if you provide good service to their clients, they're going to see that. They're going to notice that. Interestingly enough, I've actually turned a lot of them into my clients. Um, but there's also, you know, they're going to refer you to other people that they see in a similar situation where they're looking for a similar service that you you provide. Um, another great COI and another source that I think is somewhat of an untapped resource with credit unions is their current customer base. Um, those, th these are members that in a lot of cases don't know that uh, the credit unions can offer uh, commercial lending services. So it's something that, hey, my business needs this, but I don't necessarily think of you as my go-to. So having the internal staff working as well as the, the, the lenders working with the, the current client base at a credit union is a huge, huge benefit. Um, and finally, um, I would say uh, brokers, brokers out there, commercial brokers, um, they're, they're out there in, in business to be able to send deals out to people. So working with them and letting them know that you're available, but also when you do work with them, making sure to be responsive um, and provide them with that top level service. And they're going to come back to you as, as a first source for their new deals. You said something that really stuck, sticks out to me, and that is they do business with you and which is really a shift for cons from consumer products. When I get a loan and my local car loan through my credit union, I say, I got the loan through my local credit union. I got my mortgage through my local credit union. I have the, my checking accounts through my local credit union, but many times, in the business side, it's a much more intimate relationship and they're doing business not with MBFS, not with the credit union, but with you. And, and, and kind of expand on that piece of, of building that personal piece and, and that relationship of the institution that, that's backing us and is important, but more you that they're working with. Sure. And, and again, I, I've, I've experienced this over the years with a lot of clients that follow me when I would go to a different organization or when, you know, an organization would be absorbed. They're, they're there because of the lending relationship and that lender relationship that you have with them. Um, really what that comes down to in a lot of cases is listening to their concerns um, when they have a problem, working with them. Um, there's a lot of the, the, frankly, the larger institutions that are out there that um, see you as a number. If you see them as a person, if you treat them as a person, um, finding out about what, what matters to them, what makes them tick, what, what, where are the pain points in their business? Um, those are the things that really build respect with that borrower. And if you treat them right, if you're honest with them, you, you lay everything out for them, you're not, you're not you know, yanking the rug out from under them, they're gonna continue to come back to you. Great. So uh, as I record this, I'm at my house, you're at your house. And the world's open quite a bit, but I, as I think back two years ago, uh, the sales process and maybe what you did was a little bit different. Um, talk to me about what you've seen, the difference in the sales process, like since the pandemic started and maybe some of the changes that you see going forward. Sure. So on the investment real estate side, one of the biggest changes, and th these aren't things that we necessarily didn't look at pre-pandemic, but it, was, it wasn't as much emphasis that was put on it. Um, and, and those are a couple of things, uh, obviously vetting your tenants, taking a closer look at the tenants that you're putting in place, 
um, at, for the borrowers now. Um, and then it's more of a case of looking at on the financial side of uh, liquidity. Um, we're looking at, you know, what kind of reserves they have, what they have sitting uh, available to them if the worst should happen. We found out the hard way that various eviction moratoriums, um, ways when things were shut down, um, if, those, if those tenants are not paying, the mortgage still has to get paid. So where's that money going to come from? Do they have reserves to be able to support that? Um, same thing if, if there's any kind of damage to a property. I mean, we've had a number of storms come through. If that property is damaged, do they have the wherewithal to be able to repair the property, um, put it back where it needs to be, um, and, and again, be able to take care of their tenants so that they do keep paying? Um, so again, really taking that, that deep dive into liquidity and finding out what they have is something that while it was kind of more of a high level that we looked at before, now we're really diving in and what do you have, where is it, um, and, and again, what kind of support does that mean in terms of the loan relationship? Um, we're also looking at experience level. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we're looking at is, is this your first property? Um, you know, also, you know, what, what's, the, what's the term of the lease? Is this an annual renewal lease? How long has that tenant been in there? Is this somebody that just jumped into your property or have they been there for 10 or 15 years? So again, the, these weren't necessarily things we, we overlooked before the pandemic, but it really kind of highlighted the need to do these things in detail, both to protect the borrower's interest, um, to protect the, the credit union's interest, and obviously make everybody's life a little bit easier. So you make a connection with a borrower, with a prospect, it's somebody new to you. Uh, maybe it was an introduction, uh, however you met with them, and, and you're going to have that initial meeting, uh, which is sometimes as awkward as a first date. Uh, what do you like to cover? What, what's kind of your game plan and strategy for, for me to have that first meeting with somebody? So when I have the first meeting, the first thing I like to do is I like to find out kind of where they stand, what their knowledge level is, whether there's some loan education that needs to be done. And uh, what I mean by that is um, if the borrower is coming to me for their loan request and they're looking to buy a piece of property, for instance, um, and they're telling me, hey, I want a line of credit to do this. Well, that tells me they need a little bit of education in because the line of credit is not really an appropriate product to be purchasing, again, a long-term asset. That would be more of a term debt. So it kind of gives me an idea of, uh, you know, their knowledge base, whether I need to, to have some conversation with them and kind of, you know, let them know what is the appropriate product and what way we need to go. Um, from there, it, I, I give them an overview of our timing and process. Um, if everybody's on the same page with expectations of here's how long, say, underwriting takes or here's how long, uh, you know, the appraisal process takes or how long the, the, the title process takes to be able to get to closing, laying out all those expectations up front really alleviates the, uh, well, hey, I thought this was going to be quicker than, than it actually is. Well, yeah, if, if you lay out those expectations and get everybody on the same page, there's no, uh, you know, angry borrowers of why is this taking so long. Um, communicating with the borrowers, letting them know along the way, hey, if there are delays or there's issues, letting them know and keeping them up to speed. That also builds the trust and lets them know that you're, you're, you're being honest with them. Um, so the other thing as far as red flags, um, you know, one of the things that we, we look at, uh, you know, if, if a borrower comes to us and, and, and asks about, you know, they're only focused on rate um, or they're only focused or their properties that they're looking at are, are unoccupied. Um, if the borrower's never done this before, um, some of the things we try to take a look at and say, you know, is this really appropriate for them or do they need a little bit more experience, a little bit more time under their belt before so that we don't end up getting them in a bad situation? Um, but again, it's really just kind of feeling them out, finding out what they know, what they're looking for, listening to what, what they need and, and how our solutions can meet their needs. Well, one of my uh, 
favorites uh, when I was on the street that always uh, got, put my tentacles up was I'm having trouble with my uh, my current institution and I'm looking for somebody new. Uh, great. So you're paying them and everything's perfect. And now you want uh, somebody new. That was always one of one of my favorites in terms of, uh, hey, boy, I'd love to do business with you. Let, let's get it done. And uh, I just got to get rid of these jerks who uh, are, are, are treating me so poorly. You know, one of the things that is difficult in the credit union space is we want to provide great service. We want to help out. We want to help the members. We want to help the cooperative. But sometimes I would always get the people call me and the first thing they would say is, what's your rate? Tell me your rate. Just give me the cost. How do you handle that? Great question and something I get probably at least once a week, if not multiple times in every week. Um, I really try to let them know we're a little bit different than the, the banking institutions. When we worked in the bank, it was it was grid rate. It was, you know, here's what you're looking for. Here's your rate. End of story. No discussion. Um, with the credit union space, we look at things a little bit more thoughtfully, and it's it's a case of we, we want to do everything based on the risk of the loan, the situation for the loan, really tailor everything to each borrower and how it actually meets uh, their needs. So when I get a rate shopper, um, I let them know that while I can give them a range of rates, really to give them a firm rate, I need that loan package. I need to really be able to look under the hood to see what's going on, um, to find out what exactly their, their, their request is, what their risks are, um, to be able to really tell them, hey, here's where you're going to fall. Um, in 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 that rate rate spectrum. Uh, so again, you know, letting them know, hey, here's here's your range, here's the high end, here's the low end. Um, but but it, to be able to really give you a firm rate and firm fees, I, I need I need the full package. I always like to say cheapest isn't the cheapest, and people tend to throw out uh, outrageous interest rates on what they're talking about and what they heard a friend was. But it's really about the total package. What are the fees? What are the costs? What are the interest rate? Uh, what, what else are they going to collateralize? What are the terms? What are the prepayment penalties? So really, uh, it, it's more of looking at that total picture. And, and, and I found that, always found that sometimes when if the only thing that somebody is looking for is the cheapest, uh, they're going to find it. Uh, but it's going to be sometimes more expensive in the long run. It's always, I, one of the reasons I got into helping businesses, particularly through credit unions, is I love dealing with people. And, and, and there's so many different types of borrowers out there. Uh, you know, you, like you said, you get the, the people who, who have a good head on their shoulders and they want to start out and they've had a good relationship with the, the credit union and they want to build on that. And, and then there's the people who are, who are you know, they, they have a great business and you want to help them grow. Uh, and, and, and those are, those are the easy ones. Those are the feel goods. You know, when you're dealing with the, the community organizations and you can be part of the community and help them out. And then there's the other side of it. There, there's people who might be some credit worthy, but are just difficult. They, you know, you, you hear, I didn't need to give this information to my other institution. I want it quick, you know, you, you, and, and it's not what I would call cooperative. Um, and sometimes there's a difference between being uh, credit worthy and not cooperative 
versus if you're uncredit worthy and not cooperative because you don't want to give up the financials. And, and let's face it, you know, there, there's a lot of very good, sophisticated people. Sometimes they know our banking industry better than we do. Uh, they've, they've been around a while and they've dealt with a lot of institutions. What, how do you look at it if somebody plays a little more hardball, uh, they, they, they maybe don't want to give up all the information, they're a little resistant, but you think there's something there underneath? So, and, and it's a great point. And, and ju just to back up a second, you know, you mentioned the different types of borrowers. Obviously, you have that newbie who, you know, kind of just needs that hand holding and kind of guidance. And they're, 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 you know, that's, that's all they need. Um, you also have your, your, your existing borrowers where, again, they know the process, they understand what's expected, and it's, it's pretty smooth sailing. Those uncooperative borrowers, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned before, one of the, the first steps that I get with the borrower, I'm letting them know here is our process. Um, that's not necessarily what you may have done before. As, as you mentioned, you know, hey, I didn't have to provide these financials. Here is what we require. Um, I understand you may, may not like the way your previous financial institution did things. You know, here's the way we do things. And, you know, obviously the first, the first transaction where we have to collect all of the information, you know, again, we don't know you at all. We don't have anything. There is a little bit more intensive package collection, but over the, after we do that, it's really just updates down the line. Um, so, you know, letting them know that while, you know, th this one might not be the smoothest transaction, here is our process, here is what it is, and, and can kind of weed them out to say, look, if they're not willing to provide it, here is what I need. Unfortunately, there are going to be cases where with those uncooperative borrowers, if they're not willing to provide it, there's really nothing that we can do for them. I always look at it as the first transaction with somebody new is the most difficult. Absolutely. And and, and if you talk through and set those expectations on the process and the systems, you know, generally people will work through. And, and just like anything else we buy or do in life, if, if your expectations are met and, and they're working with you and you're communicating, it, it can go well. So I mean, one of the other, other pieces to that, sorry about that. Uh, one of the other no, pieces to that is um, if, if it's from a financial perspective, I just ran into this with one of my lenders yesterday, actually, um, have a doctor who, you know, we're asking for a guy who owns 23 different businesses. Um, we're asking for K-1s for all of his other businesses. Well, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have time for that. He doesn't want to deal with that. Um, so in, in a lot of cases, it can be also finding out what that friction point is. If it's, I don't feel like digging for the financials, Hey, give me your accountant's number. I'll work with him directly. We can work around and be able to get what we need, get you what you need, and not and have it be, really be a smooth process so that you're not having those pain points. Again, if you find out and set those expectations, find out what the problem is, sometimes it's something that we can deal with and get around in another way. So once you wrap up that first meeting, what, what do you like to do from there as far as next steps and in, into really turning it into a deal and collecting all the financials and information that you need to keep things moving? So after that first meeting, whether it be a call, uh, in-person meeting, video call, um, I'm, I'm emailing them, here's what that loan package is. So it's something we've already discussed of, hey, here's our process, here's what I need, I'm gonna send you the information, and really giving them a, a deep dive into each one of the documents if they have questions, being able to help walk them through it, which is also another pain point for some borrowers of not knowing how to fill out some of the paperwork. So being there to be able to, to walk them through it, but really giving them, here's the information that I need. Again, reiterating, here's how long each of the steps 
steps is going to take and what I need to be able to move forward. And in some cases, the borrowers are looking for um, kind of a discussion term sheet. There's, so there are some times where we can end up having that conversation or over email. There are other times that they're asking for, hey, you know what, what are my terms going to be? So uh, we give them that discussion term sheet and the discussion term sheet really states, hey, this is not a commitment to lend. This is not the final terms. This is a discussion point for, hey, here's our jumping off point. Um, here's what we're talking about type of thing. Um, we I, I try to avoid that in some cases because you can tell those rate shoppers are just going to take that across the street and be able to use that to be able to take elsewhere. Um, but you can kind of get to get a feel for that over the years as a lender of who those those type of people are. So as I mentioned, you know, we, we get that loan package. Here's what we need. Here's our process um, and find out what questions they have. If, if throughout this process, this is a lot of information to be dumping on somebody, um, especially if they, they are newer to the process. Um, you know, what can I expect? What are, what are your other questions? Maybe, maybe something I went over that I, maybe I was talking too fast or, you know, that they need a little bit more of a deeper dive into what does this process look like? Um, really making sure that they're all, all on the same page and that, again, you have that buy-in of, okay, here's when I'm going to get you that loan package. Here's when I'm going to follow up with you. So in the not too distant past, both of us remember talking about what we need putting together information, collecting financials, stopping by a business or stopping by an account and, and getting a stack of documents a few inches thick, and then taking them to the local office and handing them to the credit analyst and saying, here's your paper. What, what, what are some things that you've done to for tech, using technology uh, or, or things that you found a way to automate the process and technology to make the life a little bit easier? Fortunately, and especially with the pandemic, um, there's really been a, a cut down on that, that mountain of paper. Um, it still happens occasionally. I still have a few borrowers that are, are uh, technology and email averse. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, I'm getting the, 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 the financials and, and the loan package electronically. They're, they're, they're scanning things, especially through the pandemic. They realized, hey, we're not going to be able to meet. So they have either, either they, they've invested in or figured out how to be able to do the scanning and, and work with the technology to be able to send me everything electronically. Um, that makes our, our lives uh, obviously much easier than it would if we did have that big pile of paperwork. Um, occasionally, the paperwork still happens, and then it's it's having to, to spend the time scanning it in um, and and being able to to upload it uh, in, into our software, where obviously we have it as uh, in securely in the cloud. Um, so that's something that that definitely took some adjusting. Um, but for the most part, at this point, it's almost second nature to most borrowers. That uh, you know, it's almost like you know, I don't remember that we ever did it any other way. Yeah, I find it similar to. Uh, there, there were many, many people who resisted electronic deposits and mobile banking, and I had to go to the branch to do anything. And, and, and now that we, we had that shift to you have to do this because uh, they say, oh, this is actually much, much easier. So once we have all this information, you know, I, I, there's kind of that quantitative side that we get into. Uh, but there's also, to me, that qualitative side in terms of understanding the borrower and, and making sure that we understand and verify the information. Tell me about kind of those next steps maybe that you use to verify the information, get your hands on the business or or move on from there to, 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 to have a better understanding of those numbers and documents that we all that we just collected. 
Great, great question. And, and one of the things, obviously, having a little bit of an underwriting background in my past as well, um, I, I'm able to, when we collect that loan package, be able to kind of, again, get under the hood, really take a closer look at what's going on, what try to anticipate questions that the underwriters may have. Um, and again, be able to figure out what's going on in the business, where those pain points are. If the borrower hasn't already shared them with me, I can kind of see it on paper of, hey, here's what's going on and, and, and the situation. Um, as far as verifying, uh, one of the things we, we actually look at now, like I, like I mentioned with liquidity, um, we're looking at deposit statements. We're looking at screenshots of online banking to be able to say, okay, here's where the cash is, here's what's where. Um, and again, be able to kind of complete that picture and say, you know, when, when I try to submit things over to the underwriting group, I like to look at it from that outsider looking in um, perspective. They, they don't know this borrower. They don't know their situation. Telling the story. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what all this means. Here, you know, here's how all the pieces kind of fit together. Um, occasionally, there are still questions that are going to come up. And, it, you know, there is some, some back and forth with the borrower asking them questions. But doing that really cuts down on a lot of the back and forth of really having to chase back and forth and, and, and ask, you know, a dozen questions of, oh, hey, I see this on your tax return. What does this mean? Where is this coming from? Or there's debt that's showing up on a tax return and long term debt. You didn't give me any kind of debt schedule telling me there was business uh, business debt. Uh, you know, wh where where is this? What's going on? Being able to actually look at those items before it gets submitted. Um, it really kind of cuts down on that. And it's more conversational between the borrower of, hey, again, I'm establishing that relationship as your lender of, uh, you know, I, I care about your business. I want to know about your business and tell me the story of what's going on and how I can help. Great. So I think what we really went through today is what kind of those best practices in meeting with the borrowers, talking through, uh, you know, t Tom really lifted up that that relationship and service and setting those expectations on the front end uh, and talking through the process for people. Uh, Tom, before we go, uh, give me a fun story from your past. Give me one of your success stories, uh, a good one from Blast from the Past. So, Absolutely. Actually, I, I have a, one of my favorites, actually. Um, so I, I'd met a borrower um, actually through one of my credit unions. Um, they had introduced me to this borrower who was working with a large commercial bank, um, had an existing investment property. Um, the bank wasn't cooperating with him. They weren't listening to him. Uh, again, he was basically that number of, hey, we've got your loan on the books. Uh, I'm moving on to the next. I don't care about you anymore. Um, he, frankly, he was on some shaky ground. Um, I, I met with him. I, I got to really deep dive and, and look at his situation, heard his concerns, um, was able to take a look at everything and found that we were able to consolidate a lot of his debt, um, refinance his, his commercial mortgage on his investment property, improve his cash flow to a point where he, the property was actually profitable for him. Um, and it, 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 he appreciated it so much and understood how much that I did for him. I still get a Christmas card from him every year. Um, he's, he's somebody that still keeps in touch and, and really appreciates and understands um, the, the difference between that commercial space and the credit union space. Great, great. Well, Tom, it's been fun. Uh, we'll be doing this again uh, and, and, and keeping out there and educating our audience and clients and, and the credit union community and hopefully a few businesses, uh, borrowers as well. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, and everybody, remember to subscribe to Credit Union Conversations off of all your different uh, audio and video platforms. And we look forward to coming back to you in two weeks. And remember to tell everybody that your best uh, bank very well may be a credit union. Thanks and have a great day.
Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.